welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This week we discover that 38 hilly miles is harder than 38 flat kilometres, why our listeners are wrong and stupid, and discuss where it's okay to run. Amy, I've discovered something amazing. Now, despite being really, really shit at the javelin, it turns out I am ranked number 56 in the UK in my age category, which sounds okay, but I then narrowed it down to look at my ranking in Wales. I am number one. What? (laughs) I'm the best javelin thrower in my age category in Wales out of the one person in my age category that I've thrown javelins this year in a competition. How specific is that age category? How small Uh, is it? Five years. Okay. (laughs) specific, So between 35 and 40, um, no one else has thrown a javelin. I mean, that's prime javelin throwing age, isn't it? You'd think so, but I guess perhaps in a Masters-specific competition, I'm not really sure. So I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, I'm also fourth in the 800 metres and the 1500 metres. Both of those are also out of four. (laughs) (laughs) I love digging into Power of Ten to find these things. You can, like, get it down to so many little things. Um, But, yeah, I I am number one. I'm the greatest Welsh uh, javelin thrower there is in my very specific age category. Delighted about that. I would love to hear if anyone else has a more impressive niche stat than that. I doubt they'll get as good as that. Though a couple of people did try. I put this out on Twitter. Uh, just to show off about myself, uh, Helen Hood said, I was top three for the 1500 metre steeplechase in 2018 in my age category. I didn't even know you could do 1500 metres of steeplechase. I thought that was a 3K event. No, jeez. Okay. And I, perhaps, I, I remember the women used to do something different. I think it used to be 2K. So perhaps you've just invented 1500 metre steeplechase and you were the third best at it ever. Good for you. Uh, Charlie Pierce also said, I love this, I was the top ranked V45 5k runner in the UK for 24 hours in 2019. Unfortunately, because Power of 10 processed the results for a race the next day before the one I was in, it was never official. So when you look back at it and technically for 24 hours you were ahead, but because it wasn't on the results list page, you weren't. So, but what? The best age category 5K run. I mean, the 5K run is pretty good. I think it was yeah, right at the beginning of January. I think the the amount of New Year's Day 5Ks there must be, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. But only for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone could be more niche than that and how good they are, I would love to hear it. Not too much to catch up on from the last episode, so we'll go straight to a tea update. Ooh. We're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on some links, buy some tea. Amy, what have you got? Ooh, well, I'm, I'm sort of recycling through my old supply now. I need to do an order at some point. So I've got the hot... I haven't got the packet with me. I normally bring the packet with me. It's like hot cocoa pe- with peppermint. It's like chocolatey, oh, yeah. pepperminty. I don't think it's an actual tea tea. I think it's a rubos tea, I think think but i can't remember off the top of my head but it's nice it's the the pepperminty teas and the minty teas from bird and blend are usually very nice because sometimes minty pepperminty teas can be a bit over like the the flavors aren't balanced sometimes and all you taste is mint but these are these are quite balanced you can taste the chocolate and the mint so yeah it, it's a good one it's like a it's christmas like, one but... it's like a hot chocolate but not a hot chocolate it is yeah it's like a light hot chocolate if you don't want to go for something like you know too creamy or whatever this is like a nice light hot chocolate love it very good how about you I've got some banana bread chai. I've just finished off my packet, so I was really getting the dregs and the dust out of the bottom of that. To finish off my banana bread chai, like you, I'm kind of going through, like, I'm finishing off lots of uh, little packets now. I've got, like, a couple of uh, of teas left in each one, so I need to possibly do a reorder soon. But I really, really need to actually finish the ones I've got first. Hmm. I always find that. I always have, like, the little sort of dregs at the bottom, the little bits at the bottom, and then I order more but i need to yeah just finish them off or make or make it like franken tea oh i've never gone that far that's that's too much oh it's like when you you were a kid and you used to like make potions with all the stuff from the garden and stuff (laughs) if anyone else did that you still like get some water and put like bits of plant and all sorts and maybe some chemicals from under the sink sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mum always laughs at the thing we as a kid because we used to have like um, we had some like, orange squash or something, and it used to live under the sink. But like we, it was only like years later we kind of like you know realised how the orange squash was under the sink. She's like, yeah, like was well, next to all like the bleach and the cleaning stuff. She's like, oh yeah. Well, you weren't stupid, were you? So you weren't going to do it. 
So like whenever I move to a new house now, if I get a bottle of squash, I put it under the sink next to like a bottle of bleach and send my mum a photo saying, don't worry, we're at home now. Yeah. <laughs> a joke me and my sister have had for like 20 years now. It's the natural selection. That's what she was. Yeah. For some reason, squash just goes under the sink. It's just normal to, to us. I don't think anyone else does that. Why not? No, no. <laughs> well, mum says, you're not stupid. You're not going to drink the bleach. So it's fine. <laughs> you hope not. Amy, what have you been up to? Uh, of course. Spoiler alert. The E D D N F M. Adam. <laughs> Amy, it doesn't work as a pun. You've been it trying does. it for days now, and you're still when doing you it. Like, it. It kind of ba- does. When you look at it, it kind of It does. barely works written down. It does not work out loud. <laughs> oh, so you did the Adam, and you DNF'd. I is did, what I did, I did, I did. But I, you I did talk not. about that. I'll talk about that more a bit later. Um, yeah. And then I tried going through, I, I like sat around for a week, sort of stewing mm-hmm. in my despair. And also I was really tired, um, as you might be. Uh, so yeah, I was like tired, sort of deflated, demotivated, also had like a ton of work on it. It was like one of those weeks where it was quite easy to just sit around because I had a load of work to do. Um, and then I went for a run, pretty much a week almost a week later so yesterday and i've just like fucked up my hip like completely like at first my foot was hurting when i was running i was like oh this is not good my foot really hurts like should i keep running maybe it'll go off yeah, i hope it's it not a stress fracture <laughs> forget forget the foot the hip suddenly just oh it hurts so bad and i think it, it is just from sitting down like it's from doing a race like that and then just not doing active recovery and just sitting, yeah you know what i hate when people are right but it's true like active recovery is actually important because this is what happens you sit down for a week everything seizes up and then you go out for a run and you fuck up your hip so foot is fine foot is absolutely fine but the hip is no bueno you go 100 to zero just back to 100 again yeah yeah that'll probably be fine i don't need to ease back into it i'll just go for a run at my normal pace again yeah yeah yeah. no no like walks or anything in between literally sat on the sofa for a week and just just go (laughs) for a run Yep, yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, so how has your last few weeks been? Uh, well, I went to the Murder Mile. I didn't run it again. I think there's two years in a row I haven't run it, which is a bit of a shame just because I've got other things on. As I keep saying, I need to stop racing and start running or keep running. Um, so I did not do the Murder Mile, but I went along to support because it's a very funny race to support. Uh, it is a mile pretty much all uphill. The last 200 metres is then flat and slightly, slightly downhill. So, like, people get around this last 90-degree corner after an almost 20% hill for most of a mile. They get around this corner, and then they have to try and run, and their legs don't work, and it's just the funniest thing. And I was there supporting. I was there with William. I was kind of on my own further down the track towards the finish line. I was, like, all our runners that came past my club, I was giving a really big cheer. I was shouting things at them to try and motivate slash demotivate them. Um... But you know how usually, and you do that towards the end of a race, at the very least, people, they give you a little nod, or they look over, or they tell you to fuck off, that happens to me quite a bit, or just a wave, or some acknowledgement. I got nothing. There were like 15 people running in that that I knew, and I shouted and cheered for each of them. They did not look at me, they did not change, nothing, no acknowledgement, because they were so in so much pain, and they were so angry and trying to concentrate on making their legs work. It was so strange, but so, so funny. Like, not even anyone just to tell me to piss off or give me, like, a just a sarcastic look or anything. It was just so funny. There was so much in the pain cave. And, you know, I, I realise, again, I'm trying to encourage you to do this race next year, and that's not helping. But it is, still is a very, very funny race. It's definitely one of those races... Uh, I'm sure everyone has them locally like you have to do it once it's one of those races you have to at least go to at some point to experience because it's very very funny uh, listener L drew it at L's bells was there she says well that was BS I did the murder mile lost count of the number of times I said fuck and to top it off no beer left when I finally finished just a tiny packet of sweets yeah you usually get a, you get a beer and a packet of Haribo at the end which is a great combo but uh, unfortunately, I guess they did slightly too many entries, unfortunately, and didn't count the beers properly. Or perhaps someone took some extra beers, and so she didn't get any at the end. She just got a little bag of Haribo. It's better than nothing. Yeah. yeah. Little bag of Haribo is the end for, like, a dirt cheap race. Love mm-hmm. these kind of races. Uh, yeah, people in South Wales, look up the Murder Mile. First Friday 
in August every year. I need to tell you that because the website might not tell you till a week before. Um, I also went for a long run. I did a proper long run, as I've been threatening to for a while, and ended up doing 39K, which I think is pretty good yeah. as a training run. Definitely. And you know what? It was not as bad as I thought it would be. I went along to my club run first to do 10K with some other people. Uh, turns out I pretty much ran that on my own as well because I kind of was the back marker and kind of lost someone fairly early. They didn't die. They just, just you know, they just ran away from me. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much ran 39K entirely on my own. Um, I did the, a loop in Cardiff and then through kind of the middle of Cardiff, it was a bit shit, and through some dodgy areas um, and then onto the coast path. Um, I did stop for a poo on the way. Unfortunately, it was oh in Tesco. God. It I wasn't you anywhere meant interesting. Wild. No, I I think if it was a wild poo, we would be talking about that right at the top of the show because yeah, that's yeah. a big deal. Because I don't yeah. think still either of us ever gone for the wild poo, have we? Not not yet. I mean, it's so it is still it the dream. Close, but yeah, not yet. Yeah, so I did have to go to a Tesco. Uh, surprisingly, nice toilets for for a Tesco extra, I've got to say. Um, and then just on the coast path, which that part of it between Cardiff and Newport. My God, it's just endless. It's just like a green treadmill. There's just like um, a flood embankment basin. You run along the top of it and it's just grass and it's just flat and it just goes on and on and on. It's really straight and long and I got really, really bored on it. Um, there was a really good bit though because there's a, a sea wall for just over a mile and it's one of these sea walls. It's just under a meter wide. You can just run along top of it. So I just ran along the sea wall and I saw all these other people. I'm like, why aren't you on the wall? Why are you on the path like a weirdo? Who doesn't run on a wall? It's great fun. I even like there's a family sitting on it eating sandwiches. I I just walked past the back of them to like squeeze through and I'm not getting off the wall. The wall is great. The wall is the best fun I've had all day. Um, I did have a cow scare the shit out of me though. Um, As I was coming along, I could see cows a few hundred meters off and they all kind of trotted off. They're on top of the hill where I was and they kind of trotted off and went down towards the hill. But one remained and it was just there for ages. It was was a, a calf. Um, completely black half and I was just running up to it and I was getting closer and closer it's just looking at me I thought well it's not going to move so it seems to be fine it's not going to move do- no it wasn't going to move um, so no no it wasn't going to move <laughs> so I just went to the other side and slowed down I said I was chatting to the cow just to make sure it definitely knew I was there it wasn't blind or anything um, and I was just I just thought well okay I'm just going to have to go past it it's fine and just so close to it I realised the why it was standing still staring at me is because it was having a very very slow wee and obviously it just didn't want to move. And I got within seven, eight feet of it. And it did that. You know what dogs do when they do like a lightning fast play bow and then run in the other direction? It did that to me. And it scared the crap out of me. Because I say it's a calf, but they're still pretty big. It's still like chunky. It's still probably twice the way I am, at least. And it just did this kind of lightning kind of down on its kind of hooves quickly. And then just turned 90 degrees and ran and sprinted off the other direction. My God, it scared me. Oh, I thought, I thought I thought I was a goner at that point. I thought that calf is coming straight at me. It's like, it's amazing what you can think in the fraction of a second, something like that happens. But he ran off the other direction, so that was fine. But I was like walking along after that, checking over my shoulder every 10 seconds, just in case mm-hmm. it was coming back for a bit of after, so, but, it, but it didn't. Um, yeah, I was getting pretty miserable uh, running a very long way until it, I got back to Newport and then I started running on tarmac. And as it turns out, I was like, oh, you know what? Tarmac's actually really easy to run on. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. My God. Yeah. We've been going on about it for so long. We've gone on about trail runs and how much better trail running is. And uh, road running's really boring. And like, oh, it's actually really easy. I should have been doing this more. It, the best thing is when you've been on trails for hours and hours and hours and hours. Because even trails that are relatively flat, you've still got to be aware because the nature of it being a trail probably means it's slightly uneven and underfoot and mm. you've just constantly got to be like aware of the ground. And as soon as you get onto tarmac, you can just switch that part of your brain off and it's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I was on like flat grass and a bit of gravel. So it's as easy as it could be. It was dry, no problem at all. But even then I was taking little kind of short walking breaks. Uh, I was, you know, my pace slowed right down. As soon as I got on the tarmac, sped up again. I was running what felt like relatively quick, you know, relatively quick for 20 miles in. I was like, oh, yeah, that's annoying. But then obviously I got to the hills near my house and I had to slow right down again and just start to walk uh, a couple of miles back home. But yeah, 39k done. I was quite impressed with that. Nice. Um, just two weeks until my ultra, um, which is going to be 45 miles. <laughs> nice. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, also, quick bit of news, because I am also a friend of the animals, saved a hedgehog. Oh. Got a call from Holly. She's taking uh, William for a walk. 
Uh, found a little baby hedgehog by the side of the field near the road. Called me out. There is a hedgehog rescue place in Kefili. Um So I scooped him up, put him in a, a bag with a nice towel to, to snuggle into and drove him down there. And because I have no imagination whatsoever, I named him William. Because <laughs> I thought William, our dog, had found him. But apparently he didn't. He didn't even notice he was there. So I called him William. And he is at Kefili Hedgehog Rescue and he is doing very well. We've had a Facebook update. And the guy said, oh, you can call back any time and ask for an update. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. I'm not, you know, that attached. But I did have to sign him over because as part of the form, I gave him the, you know, filled in the details. And he says, you do actually have to sign this and sign him over because part of the Wildlife Act is because you've rescued this hedgehog and because it's a protected species and it's injured, you technically own it. So oh to gosh. hand it over, like you, I, I wouldn't be allowed to just go and release it as it was mm. because that would be kind of me endangering that animal mm. so i kind of he's like oh no you did own that hedgehog and i'm like oh, okay well i've never owned a hedgehog but i did for half an hour and i signed him over mm. but he's doing very well and now i follow kafili hedgehog rescue on facebook and instagram and get updates of either very very cute little hedgehogs being released or very very sad hedgehogs dying oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but william is fine Okay, so William's he's, sort of the former. He's so. fine, he's just a little bit dehydrated and he's had some fluids, he had some food, he put on a load of weight and I'm waiting for that uh, post in a few weeks' time when he gets released. Oh, so everyone follow Kafili Hedgehog Rescue to see William being released. Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amy, let's get into the meat of this episode, the oh, fun God. part, the beast. Amy finally took on the beast. Well, it wasn't exactly the beast. It wasn't just, exactly just, the beast, Just no. to the top. I, I DNF'd at 38.8, so like pretty much 39 miles. So I DNF'd, so just, let's, just, let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it wasn't exactly the beast. I think I mentioned this on the last episode that the route had to, or a few episodes ago, the route had to change. Um, the original Edom is around the Sunnybridge training area in, is it the Bre- is Sunny Bridge actually in the Brecon Beacons technically? Uh, I think it's just above in Powers. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just above. So it's Ministry of Defence land. Yeah, it's Ministry of Defence land, which is actually quite funny because I don't know how true this is, but this is what we've heard. So when me and Bernie went for a recce over there, which I talked about last episode, we drove over there and there were signs up saying the roads were open, but there were loads of big red flags up. And then hmm. Jen, when she was, so my friend Jen, Jen Danger Harding, friend of the show, she came and she crewed for me, which was amazing. And when she was crewing for me, she met me at a few checkpoints. So she was driving over um, that land as well. And there were also red flags up. And then somebody apparently told Jen that you shouldn't be driving when there's no. red flags up. But there, there were signs. When me and, I didn't go through this time in the car in that bit. But when me and Bernie went, there were signs saying the roads were open. So I don't know. I mean, there are <laughs> literal red flags. I don't there know how much massive, more obvious they wanted massive to be. Red, they're, they're massive red flags as well. Yeah. Jen was like, yeah, there was all people like with camo on and everything. All their guns and everything Yeah, that, that, there'd be soldiers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like proper, yeah, yeah, like out and about. <laughs> that, that's and what they do there. <laughs> apparently, you're not supposed to, yeah, you're not supposed no. to drive through there when the red flags oh. are up. So Jane Danger Harding, what do you expect? Yes, yeah, so that that's where the race was supposed to be, um, around sort of the perimeter of the, the Sully Bridge training area. However, obviously, you can't do that when they're actively training and because of all the stuff going on in russia um they are using it pretty much seven days a week so normally Mm -hmm. they'd get permission to use it and they wouldn't be training or or at least doing live fire which is the most you know that that's the bit that's dangerous obviously um they wouldn't be doing that on that day and they will be aware the race is going on and this year they just just couldn't because of world events um so the route had changed um and the route had changed in a way that there was an extra i can't remember how many thousand feet of elevation but it, it worked out to i think just under nine thousand feet of elevation um Ugh. so it was more than the original edom but in terms of by the sounds of it because obviously i haven't done the original edom in terms of navigation in terms of the types of trails we were on it looked like it was a lot easier and the people i spoke to at the beginning said that the navigation on the trails were a lot a lot easier underfoot despite the extra elevation. So I was sort of like, okay, so it sort of swings and roundabouts there. Literally the day before the race, we heard about the storm. And I can't remember, is it Storm Antonio? Antony? Antony, I think. Antony, Antony. But with an eye. Yeah, yeah, Antony with an eye. So there was a, a literal storm because it's, it's got a name and everything happening yeah. on that day. Uh, so I got an email through and part of me, I got a text actually saying, check your emails. Cause there's been, la- and this was, this was about, I was, I was on my way with Jen to the, to Powys and it was, um, 
probably about 1 p.m. the day before and I got a text through saying check your emails and I was like please say it's cancelled please <laughs> say it's cancelled over my email due to severe weather warnings I'm like please 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 no um this the, the start of the race changed so it'd be in a village hall which is very nice so it's all indoors weren't mm-hmm. getting wet um and we weren't going up the Carmarthen fans we were doing a lower route so it cut out a thousand uh, feet of elevation and it also, because the new route as well, it was 52 miles, which would have been, those last two miles would have been shit. So uh, in my head, I was like, okay, 50 miles now. Cutting out a thousand feet of elevation, 50 miles, that seems a lot more doable. But still, the I, well, yeah, it, it took it to exactly 50 miles it as did. well, which is yeah, quite yeah, nice. Yeah. Which and you were really lucky because that climb, I haven't done it, but I've run past the top and the bottom of it. Yeah. That is a big climb. You would have been I could see absolutely it. fucked by I, that. I could see it on the elevation chart. This yeah. crazy, like, it dwarfed all the other... Because when you obviously look at the elevation chart, the rest of the elevation was very up and down, but very small. And there's this massive climb in the dead in the middle, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we went past the command fans, like, the we it was called the lower route so we went around the bottom and you could see how tall they were and actually although it wasn't it wasn't very windy at the start of the race because we're in um woods and stuff so it's quite sheltered but once we got out there and it was a bit more open although we weren't on the top the nature of it it was almost like a bit of a valley between the mountains it was really windy Mm. out there um so yeah yeah. put yourself another thousand feet on top of that it it would have been been dangerous really nasty up there i think they really made the right decision and it was a really good call to make i think it was really good um because we were perfectly safe like everyone was perfectly safe even Mm -hmm. though the weather was shit like it was just the wind factor i think would have been proper dangerous so yeah that was a really good call to make um so yeah so i was a bit nervous in terms of the weather because i was having flashbacks to off the tarmac ultra where i got stuck in like a rainstorm at the top of penavan and almost like this close away from hypothermia, not even in an exaggerating way, you know. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, heard it yeah. before. So I was quite no one nervous. Cares anymore, Amy. No, no, but I just kind of keep telling people. So I was a bit nervous, and I woke up at like four a.m. the morning of the race with rain just just like hitting the windows of this um, holiday lodge we were in, and I thought, oh my god. And honestly, at that point, I thought I don't think I'll be able to finish this race because I reckon I'll get really wet and cold and. I'd made sure, like, Jen had a complete change of clothes for me, but I knew there wasn't going to be anywhere to properly get changed until, like, 32 miles in or so. So I was like, I don't even know if I'll last that long. Luckily, the weather wasn't that bad, like I said, when we started. So <laughs> the rain bit wasn't wasn't an issue. That was all fine. It was actually quite refreshing. Um, very undulating route, like I said. Got to checkpoint one, which was, like, nine and a half miles in, like, really quickly. Um like I was feeling really good at that point and was like an hour ahead of schedule when I thought I'd be there so yeah I was feeling like really good so with like a little group of people which was nice left checkpoint one and it was only a few hours later everything (laughs) everything started to not go quite right so so basically I just couldn't keep any food in me and not coming out my mouth I mean like I I constantly need to ship just I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it I just I just everything I ate just was going straight through me I didn't end up I didn't end up doing a wild poo I thought I might have to at some point but I couldn't face doing a wild poo but I knew that the only toilets were going to be at checkpoint four which was I think 32 miles in yeah 32 miles needing a shit was was not good and and I asked everyone at every checkpoint I'm like Checkpoint four definitely has toilets. And I'll be like, yep, yep, it's nice village hall. It definitely has toilets. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult because I was just, you know, when you need to go to the toilet and it's just, I was just in a lot of pain. Yeah. And you should, mate, you should have just gone. I know, but. You should have just crouched behind a bush. But this somewhere. wasn't the issue. The issue was that so it wasn't just because this is the thing. I had Sacrifice in my head, the buff. I had in my head, I'll just. <laughs> And in my head, I'll just get to checkpoint four and everything will be okay. And I had to do a lot of walking in the middle anyway over like the commandment fans near there because it was it was still quite hilly. So I was okay with like doing that that walking for sort of 11 miles. It was a lot of sort of walking and that was okay because I probably would have done a lot of walking then anyway. Um, got to checkpoint four, like did my toilet thing, came out. And I thought, okay, and I was starting to feel really tired at this point because, like I said, I didn't realise at that point, but what was happening was everything was coming straight through me. So I sat at checkpoint four for a good half an hour because I felt really tired, and I just, like, ate a load... This is 32 miles in. I, like, ate a load of food. 
like loads of food and I was like okay I can like really like fuel myself up and I should be okay for the for the rest of the race felt okay first off as soon as I left checkpoint four I need to shit again like that's when I knew like this isn't good and then that food probably lasted about two hours in terms of giving me energy until I was straight back like straight back down again and the point where I dropped out the person I was with a lovely lady called Helen who ran with me the entire way I don't don't think she listens to this podcast but if she does hello Helen thank you but yeah she she said to me just before I dropped out and I started saying to her I said I I think I'm gonna have to drop out this was like I think it was about 32 miles after 33 34 miles in I started saying to her I don't think I'm gonna be able to finish this I might see how I feel at checkpoint five the final checkpoint but I don't think I'm gonna be able to finish and we got to like the 38 mile mark and I was saying to her, I don't feel very well. I don't think, and she looked at me and she's like, you need some food. You look very, very pale. And yeah, I was like white as a ghost. My arms, I had my poles and my arms were like shaking. I just had nothing left. I had no, nothing left in me. I think it was just like going like straight through me. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just straight through me. And it was frustrating. Stop saying straight through me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs to know. Everyone needs to know. Um, and, At least it, it didn't go all the way through. No, no, thank fuck. But um, yeah, and it was, and it meant as well that I'd been on my feet for way too long because there was very runnable bits that I couldn't run because I was just like, mm. I was in pain. I was, I was also like really, really tired, like absolutely exhausted. Felt like I could hardly hold myself. But my body, basically, my body just wasn't fueling properly at all. I was just wasn't able to fuel. So it sucked, but also it was the right decision to make at that point. And at that point, I looked at my phone. Thank God, I saw I had full bar of 4G. So I literally sat at the side of this um, this country road and sent my location to Jen. I'm like, please come pick me up. <laughs> just yeah, come pick it. me up. Just come pick me up. I knew at that point, I was just like, I can't. There's no point even getting to checkpoint five because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to finish this in this state. Yeah. So. And it was, and I got, I did, I, I stopped before I became like really unwell. I stopped like at that point. Yeah, so, you don't want to put anyone else in a, a difficult situation. No, no, exactly. And I, I just couldn't do, I just couldn't face another second more of it. And I knew it was, if I carried on, it was going to be a long, a long, long night. I think Helen finished at like 5 a.m., which is probably when oh. I would have finished as well. And I, but I don't think I would have been able to do it full stop. Yeah. But mentally, I was just, I was just done. 7 a.m. start as well. So that's, a, yeah. that's long. Yeah. My. I mean, yeah. I wasn't dehydrated, which was good, because I had a, a good few wild wees. The first mm-hmm. wild wee, and this is, I was like, dead again, the only like proper toilet is 32 miles in. So it must have been about, gosh, like 16, 17 miles in. I really need a wee, so I knew I'd have to go. There wasn't really anywhere to go. And I found this one spot that had a little wall around it, but just a wall on one side. So I said to Helen, like, oh, I really need to go toilet. And she goes, oh, I'll stand, because there was a path going by. She's like, I'll stand in the path and I'll let you know if anyone's coming because it's quite secluded. So she was looking one way and I could, the other way, there was, like I said, there was this wall that was shielding me. My clothes were like completely wet. It'd been, it'd been raining all, all day at this point. So my clothes were all, I was soaked through. So I went, I, I squatted down, I did my wee. And I could see Helen like waving her hands, saying like, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm like, okay, okay. She's like, hurry up, hurry up. Like cut my wild wee off midway. I, then I, I couldn't pull my, my pants and my shorts back on so I'm like st- pretty much stood half naked like trying to pull my clothes back on that was soaking wet I'm going shit 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 while a group of school kids is walking very slowly towards me and luckily luckily the sheer fear I got them on just in time they it wasn't like, a biology field trip then I, you know what <laughs> it would have been you know what? That was that wild wee nearly turned into you're not allowed within ten feet of a school. Do you know what I mean? So it yeah, was like yeah. a very it's like <laughs> the most intense wild wee. Um, wow. And then the other thing that would happen was kind of like hallucination that wasn't it's like a mass hallucination. But we were mm. going on this massive the, the, the climb up to where the command bands were. Were just it just was it just seemed to go on forever. So it wasn't very steep. But it just went on and on and on. And it was all through like bog and marshland. And it was at this point, it was really, really foggy. And there was a few, there was about five of us all together in a group. And this one guy I'd said to him before, I was like, oh, I, I don't mind sheep, obviously. I don't like cows though. And I don't like horses. And he was like, oh, I'm the same. I don't mind. He said, but I don't mind horses. I really don't like cows. We'd all had the cow. Whenever you run ultras, you tend to have the cow conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of cows. No, you just have to like shout at them. and They go, whatever. So all of us like, oh yeah, we, we really don't like cows. 
going up and we looked up and the, the guy in front of me who, who I was talking to the to him about the cows he stopped dead in his tracks and went look at that and the biggest cow we've ever seen was stood on like this ridge like we were like below it and it was like further up the hill still on this ridge and it looked like the most massive like muscly cow and we all just stopped and look at, looked at it and we could see that the other cows were like a bit further away and this one cow staring at us so we all stood there and we're like, what are we going to do? And because it was like proper staring, we're like, oh, we're going to have to like, we're going to have to like divert off the path a bit and sort of do a big circle round, but try and avoid the bog because none of us wanted to go past this cow. And um, Helen, who I was running with, was like, no, no, I'll, I'll go first. It's just that she's one of those people that's like not bothered about cows. <laughs> she's like not bothered about cows. So she's one of these people like, I'll just go first and I'll talk to it and I'll say firmly and it will, yeah. it will go. She speaks the, cow, that's fine. She speaks cow. So I was like, okay, Helen, you go in front. So we started making our way closer. It was just a big fucking sheep. It was just a big sheep. What? It was a I big guess, <laughs> Does this explain the note in the, in the notes I've got here? It says, roided up sheep cow. Yeah. How did you all... Five of us. You all mistake the biggest cow you've ever seen for a sheep. Was this a Father Ted moment? It was just actually closer than you thought it was. I I think we were all saying that maybe the the mist had created an optical illusion. Because as we started walking towards it... I'm not sure that's a thing. We were all so relieved because not only did we think it was a cow, we thought it was like a massive, muscly cow. And it was like a a sheep that had been shorn. Is that the right right word? Like a shorn sheep. (laughs) But... As we got closer, we were like, that's that's a big sheep, though. We were all like, yeah, but it is a big sheep. And then when we got even closer, when we were right next to it, it wasn't, it was a normal-sized sheep. It was just normal. Fuck it. It's just hell. normal. I don't know whether it's something about the mist and whether, like, the something about depth perception. You all had one eye closed. You couldn't tell how far away it was. None Every- of you have seen Father Ted. I don't know what it was going on there. Everyone thought it was a massive cow. Everyone. It wasn't. It was a sheep. And we were, yeah, that was only, like... 12 miles in or something that's only 12 miles that is a worry how the hell did you get to 38 (laughs) 38.8 thank you very much yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah that was the that was the edum i'm not going to try the dnfm again um no it kind of yeah it it, but i I was quite disappointed because i was really enjoying the route up to like 10 miles and it was it was a fantastic route like it was absolutely stunning um, and some people who finished said that it was it was a bit more challenging than the original route just because of the extra elevation. Um, but I wasn't finding the elevation that hard, to be honest. I think because of the other ultras have sort of built up to this, the mm. elevation wasn't really the hard bit. So yeah, I looked on the profile. It didn't look like you, I think you only had like one big climb. The rest of it just seemed to kind fans, of go yeah. up and down, up and down. Yeah. You had one big climb, but yeah, again, you you avoided the really big climb. Exactly, yeah, that because that that was what I was thinking the day before when I was looking. At it, I think right, what is Amy going to do? I think I said she'd get to that massive climb. She'd go up and round that mountain, round um, Klinivan Vakenvauer, and you'd get to the next checkpoint, and then you'd drop out because I thought the weather up the top is going to be so mm-hmm. bad. You're yeah. going to have done that climb. You'll be furious about it, and I thought that's probably the point you drop out. But once they took that section out, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what she's going to do now. Yeah. I think, I've got no idea. I think if 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 my body had reacted the same way, but we had done that climb without the weather being bad, I probably would have dropped out after that climb because I think it would have taken mm. it out of me. The, the whole oh, yeah. issue was not being able to like expelling all that energy and just it, it was basically like running without eating all i might as well have not mm. eaten like it was basically like going in raw without eating anything so it yeah i think if that climb had still been in there i would have definitely dropped out at checkpoint three i think was after that climb mm. yeah i would have dropped out at that point because it would have been it would have been game over so so yeah bit disappointing obviously that's the that's the end of my official slam i'm sort of doing my own slam now because i have i did do an ultra distance i think i would have uh, yeah, been Ali, you got more to, disappointed yeah. if i dropped out at like 20 miles i did like 39 miles i still did an ultra distance i just didn't finish still further than i've gone still further than i've gone <laughs> and longer so so yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping my hip sort of recovers itself and i can do the rhythm at the end of the oh, that'd be easy now that's just a little oh. jog <clears throat> We had the race manual for the rhythm, and I saw it's only like 4,000 feet of elevation. I'm like, piece of piss, mate. It is a piece of... It's easy, mate. Yeah, it's easy. Piece of piss. So, providing my hips all good. And also, I will say now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the slam again next year. I can't leave oh. it. I can't leave it. I can't leave it without finishing it. Of course you can. It's easy. I can't. I can't. And you know what? On the day, oh, I was thinking, no. I'm just going to come back, and I'm going to do the Edom again. And then the next day, I'm like, 
No, I, I've got like a completionist thing. So I've got all my on my on my next to my desk in my office. I've got all my medals, and I've got all my race numbers for the ones I've completed. And then that Eden one is like stuck above my computer monitor, like staring me in the face. Like this is what you couldn't. Co- I've done that, obviously, not somebody else. Like I've yeah, I've, yeah. I've put this torture. It's not by itself there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you didn't do this, so you're gonna fucking go back and you get all your little medals again, and then you're gonna do this one as well. I can't just leave it unfinished. <sighs> So that's everything. next year ruined as well, then. Yeah, if I say all these other good races, I'm going to recommend to you. You'll be like, nah, because I'm doing an ultra. I'm recovering from an ultra. No, no. No, Same th- ones th- again. This is probably the issue. I probably Boring. need to. I need to do more more races and stuff. Like, I will say, even if I hadn't had my issues with fueling, I, I would have really struggled. I don't know whether I would have finished because it was after I was tired and leading up to the race, I was really tired. I think having done the four ultras had had just my body was just tired. So I do think I need to. The, the training and the stuff I've gained from doing these ultras, I need to just sort of carry it on into next year. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do need to do like other races, especially trail races and stuff like that, because honestly, I can't blame it all on fueling. I don't know whether I would have finished. I would have had a better chance. Mm. Um, and I, I maybe would have been absolutely really fucking miserable towards the end. Um, but I, I can't say a hundred percent whether I would have, you know? Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. we put this out. We that lovely photo of you, um, which we'll, we'll put on the cover as well. Which one? Um, which one? Because it was. <laughs> I the took, one of you looking I took very a, sad at the end. The selfie I took at the side of the yeah. road because I look back at that. It's so funny because I did have a little cry at the end, and it wasn't like a, everyone was like um, Bernie, bless her. Bernie's so lovely. She was waiting at checkpoint four, and as soon as because Jen was at checkpoint four, so she let them know I dropped out. And she rang me straight away and she's like, you know, it's okay. Don't, don't be disappointed. We're really proud of you. And I'm like crying. And it, and I wasn't crying yeah, because I, and in that moment, I wasn't disappointed. I was just fucking relieved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, I was so stressed by that point because I thought I can't do this. I really can't do this. And Helen was lovely, but she's one of those people who was like, think about tomorrow. If, if you drop out now, think about how you'll feel tomorrow. And I'm like, much, much better. Thanks. Better. Cause I can't, yeah. I can't go on. I so, uh, I, I cried, but it was it was it was absolute relief. Everyone obviously yeah. interpreted that as me being really disappointed, but in that moment, I was like, I do not care. I do really don't care about those final eleven miles. I do really not give a shit. I am just so happy and relieved that I'm just sat down instead. You just need a toilet and a bed. I did. I did. I did. I did. I needed both. So did you get your Airbnb deposit back? I don't know. I don't know. I've asked Jen about that. So. <laughs> So, so yeah, I don't know where I was going. Oh yeah, the the the, the selfie I took because I've been crying. I look so miserable and worn out. I look really pale as well. It's a strange expression on that, definitely. Is, but yeah, I think you can see the relief. You can see there's a little bit of like, yeah, there's relief and almost like pleasure in that. A little yeah. bit in there as well. Jen wanted there's to take a picture on. of me at the side of the road, but I think she saw me crying and she just helped me in the car. She she was like very focused oh, on Jen. getting the content, and then oh. uh, she said she did consider as she was driving over to make sure she took a picture of me and then i think she got there and then she was like no i need to prioritize getting amy in the car that's a real shame i know i know Uh, luke a Merritt said it's a tough ass race is the edam and amy should be proud for giving it a shot 38 miles there is worth 100 most other places which isn't true it's it's only (laughs) worth 38 miles still a dnf Uh, plenty of tougher races than that so get over yourself a little bit to be fair everyone was very nice about it um we did say at the beginning our listeners are wrong and stupid and uh, we asked our, on Facebook for predictions before, a couple of days before the race and everyone on Facebook said you would finish um, so I've just got a message for Amanda, Maria, Cherie, Graham, Helen K Paul, Bernadette, Susan, Alison, Adam Cat, Nikki, Jason, Cheryl, Nicola Perincias, Matt, Paul, Jess, Christine Lee and Jenday and Jaharding that you were all wrong because Amy failed and you all got it wrong. I'm su- I thought I'm surprised. I was the only one that was right because I thought you wouldn't finish. Yeah, but also like those people are very uh, thank you, but very very optimistic because a lot of people I mean, wildly DNF. optimistic. I looked at the finish because they don't um, Pegasus lovely and don't put the DNFs on the finishing list. They just put the the people who actually finished, which is nice. Um, but I looked and it wasn't many people like compared to how many started the people that mm. finished like the people that even turned up because the weather I think about six yeah. people dropped out on the day but there was also like this big stack of numbers of people who didn't even turn up so and for Pegasus for Pegasus events they 
often have very few people dropping out just because it's yeah. so open. So for six people to drop out is, is for them quite significant from a small yeah. field. I think it's the weather, which was really bad, and also the new route. So that would yeah. have been unexpected. So more people would have got lost and not been sure where they are and yeah. their prep would have been disrupted. So they would have had more. And that's, the, that's the one thing I didn't really get lost. And it was difficult because um, following the, the, the GPS uh, GPX file, Usually with Pegasus, they're really good in that there's loads of little notes and pointers that when you get to like a, a fork in the road or whatever, an alert will come up and say, take the left or carry on straight or whatever. Because this was so last minute, there weren't those alerts. So mm. if you weren't constantly, this was another exhausting aspect of it. If you weren't constantly watching your watch, you would go off the trail because there weren't those alerts. And that couldn't be helped because Reese had to literally change the route. The, the the afternoon before so that can't be helped at all but that was another aspect i think people struggled with you know but you can do the whole time again i'm gonna do it. i can't so I disappointed can't. there must be other people like i know you're the sort of person that'd be like i don't care but and i thought i'd be that person that'd be like i don't care maybe i'll just try and do the rhythm but it's niggling away at my mind now and maybe then next year i will get most determined runner at some point because i feel pretty i've gone from being blase oh to pretty right determined. okay so this is this is more of a narrative angle you're going for here <laughs> so that's why you're doing it it is a narrative element the the, the edim created my fucking villain story believe me yeah let's so. <laughs> <laughs> not go into that well done amy for failing on your race oh thank you well done me for running an ultra distance i did the distance i did an ultra distance. i didn't finish a race yeah. but i did the distance <laughs> that is yeah to be fair that is still a pretty good thing to take away from it yeah <laughs> let's change tack entirely uh we saw this question on runner's world is it okay to run in a cemetery now in this particular case this is a story about a cemetery in oregon and they've put up signs saying runners this is a cemetery not a training area which doesn't actually say don't run. And actually further down in the interview, the president of the board of the Eugene Masonic Cemetery Association says it is okay to run there, but they've had groups doing sprint drills with whistles and shouting. And that is clearly a dick move in a cemetery. Who is doing that? I, I think that's key to it, isn't it? Is the what type of running are you doing? Because I can imagine, yeah. especially if it's one of like, a, if it's one of those like really big cemeteries, then and you know often they're quite you know can be in quite nice places as well and i think if you're just running maybe the loop around then that's fine and also i think if there was a funeral going on like somebody being buried i would probably yeah, not, you would turn around i would not run yeah. at that point just basic respect but i think yeah to do sprint drills in a cemetery just see, like if you're running at a normal pace that's quite chill and i think quite respect it's kind yeah, of like yeah. when you see a What's it called on the roads when people are driving very... What's it called? A procession? Like a... Not procession. What's it called when people are driving in... Funeral procession. Yeah, funeral procession. Yeah, and people are driving quite slow and stuff like that. I feel like that's the mark of respect. So if you're running at a normal pace, I think that's fine. But if you're like sprinting up and down and shouting, yeah, it's a bit... Taking a group in there and like doing a training session is I, No, and even awful. like... I think that's the other thing as well. Like a group run... A group normal run that's not a sprint run around a cemetery seems a bit yeah, weird even then, as well. Yeah, even yeah, true. Yeah, as an individual thing, uh, but yeah, as a group that doesn't work either, does it? I put it on Instagram. Only fifty-seven percent of people said yes, and I was a little surprised by that. So perhaps mm. our listeners do have more respect than I would have expected. It's I just a tricky assume everyone's one. as bad as me. It's a tricky one. Yeah. I think it does depend on the cemetery as well, because some cemeteries are absolutely massive, and yeah, and some like especially the ones with sort of really old bits to them and stuff whereas yeah. like if it's like a new one with very new graves and, and lots of people visiting you sort of feel a bit Ooh. yeah the one in question was a private one uh, and it is because it was like a masonic one and it was fairly small so yeah they can say please don't run here that's fair mm. but i think the big like city ones because they tend to be massive mm. like these kind of old victorian cemeteries um you know i think generally that is okay to run i think it depends as well like what what sort of cemetery it is like i feel like i have a bit of knowledge about the christian faith and what they think happens after death and all that and maybe i'd mm. be okay then because maybe i'd be thinking well in the christian faith that the, the spirit is in heaven or whatever and da, 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 da. but if it was a different religion i wouldn't feel comfortable just in case there's a different view about mm. what that cemetery is for and what they believe is is 
you know um significant about where they're buried do you see what i mean like yeah i wouldn't feel or, as confident <laughs> or perhaps like if there was a, a faith specific part of a cemetery it'd probably be a bit smaller and it might feel a bit yeah it might feel a little more strange running around one of those because yeah you're not quite sure what the culture and etiquette is and yeah there's other kind of sections of cemeteries yeah you would avoid and you would hope people would at least turn around when they they saw any kind of activity going on you would just head back the other way could you imagine if somebody's having like a full-on like ashes to ashes dust to dust and you're like running you're like eat my fucking dust mate <laughs> mate come on <laughs> like <laughs> straight past <laughs> Steffel says through the cemetery yes around no also depends on the size of the sem. Surely. My nan is buried in one in Hinkley and it's about 10 acres and has a cycle path through the middle. Yeah, exactly. So I guess in that case, it makes sense because they've, they've clearly des- designed something in for you to go through the middle. Mm-hmm. I would say, I don't know, I feel, is there a difference between going through and around? I suppose it depends if the paths get really small and windy around the edge. Oh, I don't know. Like if you're doing, la- if it's on your route, and you just pass through a cemetery. I think that's one thing. But yeah, maybe if you're doing like laps around it, like you would a park. I don't know whether that's inappropriate. I don't know. Like I said, I think it does depend as well on like the age of the graves because some cemeteries have vast amount of graves that are really, really old and they're probably not being visited by the family, you know, if they're from like the 1800s or whatever. Whereas if you if you are at a cemetery where there's a lot of newer graves and you're more likely to have mourners and stuff there, then I don't know. Yeah, there's a new cemetery in North Cardiff and I can't imagine I'd go up there for a little jog round. That would feel yeah. very, very strange. Yeah. <laughs> that would be weird. Um, so we did ask as well on Instagram after that. Are there other places it's not okay to run? They like There's no rules about it, but you know, are there places you think of that aren't okay to run? Because I thought a graveyard, I mean, that's different. That's specific when there are graves around a church or a cathedral or something. That's a, that's quite different, mm. I think. I, I think, don't again, think you should be running through there. Well, if it's because, like, the village where I used to grow, well, the village where I grew up, you know, most churches has have a village with a really old graveyard in mm. it that sometimes has a few newer graves, and there's a there's a path like a footpath that goes through the graveyard past the church, and I feel like mm. that's okay, but I wouldn't like run laps around the church. That would be weird, you know. Again, I think yeah. it was like on a route. Any other places you can think of that are just kind of weirdly not quite sure okay to run in? Um, I think like a university campus or like some sort of campus yeah, type thing. I was thing. thinking that one. Because obviously if it's a really open one where it's just random buildings, whatever. But when it's, yeah, you specifically, if you maybe go into like through some gates and you're running around university land. Yeah. That can get a little bit sketchy if you're not linked to that university i don't know yeah. is that okay i'm not really sure um i think some of them it depends where the campus is as well like if you're in a city center sort of campus and it's a bit different whereas if you're in sort of like an out of town campus then yeah i think well security will probably assume you're a student but it just seems a bit of a i don't know it just seems a bit of an odd thing to do i don't know yeah that's yeah that's an interesting one yeah i did think of that one as well like hospital grounds as well because mm. sometimes there might be a path around there but like because i've run i've tried to run through the like the hospital grounds in Cardiff and it's kind of weird because there's just like sometimes the paths just stop and you have to cross the road it's one of those weirdly designed places they don't properly have paths I'm like I guess I'm not really supposed to just be going through and that again feels a little bit odd oh, I've just school thought, field I've just thought of one sorry I just thought yeah. of one you know like those outlet centres like shopping outlets like MacArthur yeah. Glen style things if you just like pull up in your car and just start doing laps around it I wonder if they'd stop you just, just like... turn up at the Trafford Centre and just do yeah. a few yeah but you know the ones that are outdoors and they've got the yeah, shops yeah. either side like just like laps around that yeah I don't think you should do that no no I feel like that's not that's not allowed because that would be private property wouldn't it surely that's yeah. like private like they own the land and, and there's yeah. people there who are doing yeah. other things that are more important <laughs> in their view um, the other one I thought of was school fields mm, I feel they, that's a bit grey sometimes isn't it because yeah. in theory you shouldn't but there's a massive school field there at the weekend so like why not I don't know because like again when I was growing up in a village, those school fields were fenced in. You couldn't get onto mm, them. So yeah, you'd have I think like, probably most are now, aren't they? Yeah, you'd have to like jump the fence sort of thing. Um, yeah, you shouldn't be jumping fences. Not not in a school, no, especially. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lee Wood messaged us. He says, on the subject of graveyards, I'm very much in the no camp. And definitely in the don't run a trail marathon through a churchyard on a Sunday morning. And if you must, maybe speak to the church because direction arrows and runners racing through a churchyard is not a good look camp. 
That's a very specific camp, and I feel there's a story there. Yeah, definitely. I think race directors don't send runners through a churchyard. I don't think we should have to say that. No, like I said, unless it's like a really historic church that, that like, the graves aren't being visited or i don't know yeah. i don't know like if you have like well, make sure you absolutely have permission even yeah. if it thinks yeah it's, it's a public right of way but come on yeah within reason uh lee wood again also said south bank london on a weekend when it's heaving with tourists ah oh, you know whenever i go to london i see like runners out in the middle of the day running through tourists i'm like how do you do that um, he says, I love running there when it's quiet, but fucking hell, no one is impressed by the knobhead weaving through tourists. Just run on embankment instead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just don't live in London is the, the, the simple tip there. Yeah. <laughs> Lily Johnson says, on a similar theme, busy city centres in the middle of the day. It looks like a terrible running experience for the runner and it's just a bit rude to everyone else. Hope that isn't too controversial, she says. I, I don't think you need to worry about that with us, no. Lily. You're fine. And yeah, and running through a city centre is a dick move. Like, a pedestrianised area, that's a horrible place for you to run. Yeah, I remember doing this run challenge thing. I won't won't blabber on about it. But um, we ended up in Cardiff City Centre on rugby match day, like an international Mm. match as well. And we just walked through. Like, you couldn't run. Like, you know, you just couldn't run. We just walked through that bit. Was this you, you looking for the snow dog trail? The swo dogs, yeah. The swo dogs, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I did something similar last year. They had Snoopies in Cardiff and I took a group out to do those. And as soon as we did that, I'm like, ah, oh, this is why we don't run in the city centre because it's awful. Yeah. It wasn't a big group and there wasn't that many people around, but it's just all the dickheads shouting at you and having to be like, just, can you, everyone just be really careful? Can everyone just slow down and be, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is terrible. We're not, we're never doing this again. you got to do it like dickhead o'clock in the morning to, Absolutely, to yeah. do it, yeah. There's a couple more here that definitely sound like uh, recent stories. Matt Lee said, alongside a prison, you set the alarms off. Been there, done that. <laughs> Don't set alarms off. I mean, yeah, if you're outside the prison, though, you know, like if you're not yeah, like... just, I guess, not too close. Depends on the prison, I suppose. If, you do, if, it, if it's a very rural prison and you're just running really close around the wall, that's probably not a good look. When we did the the Swo Dogs, um, the final one was at Cardiff Airport. So we ran to Cardiff Airport and then we got, there used to be, I don't know whether it's still there, but like a free bus back to Cardiff City Centre. So we finished it there. And running along sort of the perimeter of Cardiff Airport felt really dodgy. Like right Mm. against the the fence with the barbed wire at the top. I thought, is somebody going to come out and shoot us or something? I mean, it's Cardiff Airport. They're not really going to be that bothered. But you know what I mean? I I imagine they'd be delighted anyone was there, frankly. That's another one. (laughs) Yeah, that could... Right, uh, not right. Not, yeah, like the the budget airlines being like, come on, come on, jump the fence, get on. Do, do you want to do you want to go in the show? WH Smith is open. If yeah, you want to yeah. go in, get a cafe Nero if you want. Just oh, that's no, that's another one. It's like the peri- the perimeters of airports, not in the not mm. inside the airport grounds, just on the the other side of the fence. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. Victoria Lawrence said, "Chicken farms with barbed wire when you accidentally got lost." You know what? I'm, I feel I've never seen a chicken farm before in real life. No, I don't. Not not a specific chicken farm. I guess they're generally mostly inside, unfortunately, aren't they? Um, but yeah, that feels like one that you should know. You probably shouldn't be running around. Yeah. Though actually, that is another one for me. Is I always feel very weird running through a farmyard. Like yeah. when I even when you know it's a public path, you you've got this. There's a sign pointing along the driveway, mm. and you have to run straight through a farm because there's always little kind of corners and kind of kinks and turns in there so you can't see the way out you kind of get to the middle of the farmyard and you have to do like a left right to get around one of the buildings or something and it just feels right i did one the other day which i i don't think anyone frankly has ever walked through it's definitely a right of way it's on the ordnance survey map but i don't think anyone's ever gone through there because the styles were smashed a bit so no one had used them and these dogs were in cages there and they were kicking the fuck off like if they if they had been out of those cages they would have been after us and they were not pleased so i always feel really strange going through farmyards that's always an old one for me when you go past somebody's like farmhouse and stuff and through yeah when you wait yeah especially when the path is right up alongside it yeah and you go through because you know because yeah because you know they hate you yeah like they've got this land and they have to give in to the public right of way and yeah it goes right past the house and there's nothing they can do about it and they hate people going past oh i forgot I to say well. on the edom like i was when i was in the pits of despair we we went through like an area like that we came out of this field and went through like somebody's land and up their driveway really and past the house and on their driveway they had this massive like flatbed lorry thing and on the back of the cab it said life is a journey not a race and i thought fuck you this is <laughs> this is a fucking race and it is miserable 
Life is a journey, not a race. Was it was it always there or was it just for the race? No, no, no. It was like printed on the back. And I just thought, I took a picture of it and everything. And I just... They've just got that there. They just thought yeah. that's just something that's... That's a message we need to let people know all that all the life, time. Life is a journey, not a race. I thought, fuck off. <sighs> That's not what you need to see. <laughs> no, no, I need to see at that point. It was, it was, oh. yeah. Not any, anyway. <laughs> That's mm. an aside. <laughs> Anyone has any other stories of places you shouldn't run, but you sort of can? Mm. We want to hear about those. And we want to hear more stories about you running a place you really shouldn't do, because those are definitely funny. Yeah. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash running as bullshit and donating money every month. New to the list this month is Cherie Kinnison. Thank you, Cherie. Let's see what Amy's done with this month's list of names. Graham, Hackland, Raymond Quinn, Charlie Neverson, Viola Grepp, Steve Robson, Cherie Kinnison, Bernadette McCarthy, Stuart Stevens, AP, James Lampert, David Irwin, Noms Dawson, Gloria Dick, Amanda Murray Hind, Elliot Lyon, Gordy Thelwell, Debbie Hurley, Sherry Grubbs, Catherine Fenton, Julia Page, Matt Jones, Francis Howe, Gregory C, Karen Blade, Duke Daniels, Kel Ryder, Jaden Esby, Andy Nichols, Rachel Bentley, Matt Burrows, Kat, Abigail Hardman, Ian Thompson, Aaron Shaw, Martin Kaplan, Tom Alcock, Len Martin, Liz, Reese, Carl Fleming, Matt Dizowski, Kirk Shepard, Ida Hewitt, Jason Spinks, Trish Alton, Jay Howes, Karen Hamilton, Sophie Nichols, Ian Hales, Matt Newbury, Matt Garner, Anthony Swales, Cab, Everett, Elizabeth Shaban, Vicky Robbins, Gail Seal, Sophie Jacks, Jonathan Carter, Eight Anthony Samantha Benson, Cambridge Messiah, Claire, Dina, Paul, Hibbert, Nikki, Jennings, Matt, H, Claire, Davis, Ruth, Katie, Nikki, Jones, Rick, Skye, Victoria, Magnus, Adam, Atkinson, Penny, Simpson, Lee, Wood, Alice, Neustadt, Dawn, Shepard, Rachel, Bullmore, Sandra, Hines, Martin, Josie, Jewel, Brian Simpson, Shambolic, Adult, Matt, Lise, Maria, Wicks, Mike, Caffin, Tony, Howes, Derry, Lisa, Gibbon, Jesus, that was a mess at the end. God, does anyone know the full song of this? Like, who is listening to the, the full, complete song with all the verses? Not me. That's why I didn't know it. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running is BS. Let us know why you really hate running this week. And you know what? It's a Gabby Naya heavy uh, messages section this week. I don't know if you stopped doing ultras. I don't know at what point I bid you off and get Gabby in here instead because she clearly has a lot going on. <laughs> she said, well, so I did a fell race featuring cows. Race brief said there will be uh, accumulated mud in places. Gabby says, it wasn't mud, it was dried cow poo with more poo on top and fresh poo layered over and when you run through it, you felt your foot crack the poo crust before sinking into the poo. The poo Ew. crust. The poo crust. The poo crust. That's not something you need to hear, is it? No. Uh, she also carried on, remember how I moaned about rank trail shoes all pongy after wading through mud, aka cow poo, aka actual BS earlier? Turns out my daughter, who steals all my shoes, does no longer cover my trail shoes. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> genius yes she also said remember the fell race where a runner called himself big bear oh yes i do remember that <laughs> and did creepy self-motivational talk he was at tonight's fell race and when i heard keep on shuffling big bear behind me i ran so so very hard and no i did not turn around i just pegged it <laughs> oh i think that's kind of sweet i like big bear Keep on shuffling, Big Bear. Keep, keep on trucking, Big Bear. I mean, to, to call yourself is one thing, but to say it out loud with other people around is it's a level of confidence that yeah. I just do not have or lack of self-awareness. I'm not sure which. I, I want to know how sinister it is to scare you, Gabby, because it, it sounds very wholesome. It sounds like a Yeah, I'm thinking big... like, keep on shuffling, Big Bear. You keep can you, do it. You can do it. But it, it sounds like that's not the case if you were like running away from him, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's quite nice. I think we need to see Big Bear. I think it's the the image of Big Bear that will sort of. We need some creep shots, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't do that, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> if you have creepy self motivational talk, we want to hear it, but just not at a race. Yeah, exactly. The bullshit running news. Low effort as usual. Uh, headline here: The brains of ultramarathon runners give insights into our evolution, according to a new study. Mm. Researchers from Loughborough University study the brains of ultra-endurance athletes competing in two five-day 250k races in Jordan and Sri Lanka. They found that runners who lost weight during these events showed significant adaptation of cognitive function to promote foraging ability. It seems our hunter-gatherer past is never too far away. The significant increase in performance of cognitive tasks linked to foraging ability suggests a drive to find food and increase survival chances when the body is under periods of energetic stress, according to the research. I guess that kind of makes sense. I just find it odd that you would think about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did did you find that when you, in you when you were under a period of energetic stress were you glancing around for berries thinking like oh if i dig that root up i might be able to boil it up or something like that no i wasn't and i haven't eaten properly in the last week so that's all i think mm. i debunked it well these were 250k races perhaps you need to make more of an effort yeah maybe, maybe i need maybe i need to pass pass the threshold maybe i just didn't you know i wasn't sort of hard enough to just to get past all that and find my true hunter gatherer abilities coming mm. into being, you know, so. But it's interesting, yeah, because you kind of expect, you know, people are, are under stress and are hungry and might look for food, but the actual, your brain changes slightly to really promote those areas. That's really, really interesting. I'll tell you what, when I'm thirsty, those two times I got really dehydrated on training runs, one with you and the other one with Pippin, I was looking for, for sources of water, you mm. know, and I would have drunk from them. So <laughs> just anything would have done anything you know I, I do like this time of year blackberries on trails that's quite nice mm, yeah. i did finish a run the other day and had about a dozen blackberries off the bush that feels very nice lovely now we've got another story which i think is a bit dramatic i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> so the headline is lost trail runner in australia is lucky to be alive so a 31-year-old woman from Melbourne got lost while running in a ski town in Australia's Victorian Alps. I always forget that Australia has, like, ski towns, places where you can actually ski. You know, I expect everywhere to yeah, be Yeah, that doesn't hot. sound right. There's no need to call them Alps. The Alps no. are in Europe. Give them your own name. Just call them the Victorian yeah. Mountains. They don't need to be Alps. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently Probably. they do have places where there's, there's snow in these places. Mm. Um, so she said she'd be gone for an hour. And after three hours, her family called the police. Now, if Freya oh. did that every time I said I'd be gone for an hour and I was still not home after three, she'd never be off the phone to South Wales Police. Like, that is yeah. dramatic. <laughs> dramatic. Like, let yeah. the woman run. I mean, she was lost and she was in danger, but still, like, three hours is nothing. I guess it, it, if you lived in the Victorian Alps, perhaps that would be more of an issue. Perhaps it was late at night or something. Well, when I got lost in Snowdonia, I was out there for four hours and no one called the police after me and I was fine. No. People just need to get a grip. Um, so she got lost on a remote trail and police said she's lucky to have made it out alive considering the dangerous conditions in the Victorian Alps where temperatures can dramatically plummet overnight. And a search party was dispatched, including ski patrol and local volunteers, and the runner was found several hours later, just before sunset, by a man oh, so riding... it wasn't late then. No. No, it was only three hours later. By a man riding his trail bike about 25 kilometres from where she had begun her excursion. So she was only 25k away. She not got a phone with a map on it. Well, apparently it was something about it being so cold that the battery... So it was cold because it was so cold the battery died. Like something about the okay, cold that is a thing, caused yeah. the battery to die. So I, I get that. It must have been cold. Um... Professional trail runners and area authorities quoting an ABC News story about the missing woman pointed out that things could have gone very differently for her if the cyclist hadn't arrived um, when he had. She didn't have a map and her phone's battery had died in the cold. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, it obviously is very... <laughs> I know I, I am being facetious. I am joking because I get it. She was probably in an area that was very sort of dangerous in terms of the the environment and the cold and stuff like that but i'm just reading like okay so she was gone for three hours and only 25 kilometers away how bad can it be that's like a normal run for me and 
And like, if you live in somewhere like that where it's dangerous, you need to be more prepared. You need to have a map. You need yeah. to have your compass, and you need to have a phone charger. You need to be properly prepared. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, like you don't don't fuck about in mountains. It sounds like something I would do, and then come back and say I almost died, but didn't that? So I am wor- wor- wondering how much this is yeah. exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. Moral of the story is: don't call the police about your friends that are missing. They're probably fine. They're fine. They should be fine. You're only twenty five k away. God. I'm joking. I'm joking. I want all the Australians coming back to me and saying it is a very dangerous area. The temperatures Aww. plummet to five degrees. Australians notoriously wimpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't handle the outback at all. Barely go outside. Cowards. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? The Green Man Ultra, seventy-three k or forty-five miles. Do you know what? There's a little part of me that when you tapped out at thirty-nine miles, I was like, yes because <laughs> mine will be longer because <laughs> I think the furthest you've gone is like 43 43 for the canon and yeah. like you've done that a couple of times as well so I'm, I'm really you've gone much much further than me but if if you've I do this you've got two miles to do two miles yeah if I do this I will actually have gone further than you so I was a little bit pleased <laughs> you tapped out when you did and do not worry everyone my flapjacks are ready that'll get you through that is what's getting that's why you that's why you tapped out Amy no flapjack I know that would have bunged up nicely that's what I should that have eaten. That's what I that's should what have eaten needed. the day before instead of two oh, McDonald's yeah. and chips. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what you needed the day before was just a shitload of fat. You were fat loading before the race I, rather than carb loading. You know what? Why we're not getting back into it, but why did I do that? Why did I have two McDonald's <laughs> and chips like the greasiest chips from the chip shop? Anyway. Before the biggest, hardest race you've yeah, ever done. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what was going through my head. You should have had a single bowl of pasta and then you would have been fine, as we all know. Yes. Yeah. That is how you carb, carb load. <laughs> I was I was lubricating my bowel but just too much. <laughs> you you really you really did. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jen having to share ice with you. <laughs> Uh, any plans for you trying to repair that hip? <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, yeah, I'm just going to rest it a bit and but also move it a bit as well. It's one of those things where I'm like, I need to rest it, but also I need to move it or else it's going to get worse. And But then mm. also, if I do it too much, it's going to get worse. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed, the rhythm, I'll be at the rhythm and I'll do that. Piece of piss. It will be. 4,000 4, feet of elevation, <laughs> that's nothing. That is nothing. Yeah, I might be there to see you in. Depends how late you are. If it's late, it, it, I'll just I mean, go to bed instead. It doesn't really matter now because it's not the slam. The rhythm oh, sort yeah, of... Yeah, you won't have your custom t-shirt I, flipping everyone off. I so. can't be arsed with the rhythm anymore. I'm like, I'm half tempted to not run it, but I am going to run it because this is going to be prep for next year when I do the whole slam again and I'm going to actually do the Edom. Yeah, that's a nice one. It's a piece of piss. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalog, as well as links to our Patreon store, merch store, and social medias. Goodbye. Goodbye. Life is a journey, not a race. And I thought, fuck you. <laughs>